Admittedly, I might be a little biased about this segment. Since I've been a recruiter for years, I'm a big fan of using recruiters for your job search. Now, I'll leave it up to you whether you like to use them, not like to use them, but let me walk you through how to find a recruiter, what they're about, what motivates them, how they could help. So this could be, if you're a mid to senior level executive, having a recruiter can make all the difference in the world. And in full disclosure, part of WeCruiter, my new startup, has a recruiter directory of about 8,000, I think probably up to 10,000 recruiters on there now in all different sectors all across the country and internationally now. So I just want to kind of put that out there so you know. With recruiters, they really boil down to three different types. You have the executive level recruiters that are usually do retain searches. And these are recruiters that will pay, place CEOs, CFOs, the C-suite. And companies will come to them and say, here's a retainer. And by retainer meaning, they're going to exclusively give that job to that recruiting firm. And they're the only ones working on it. For the most part, they're all for very high level C-suite executives. Then you have the, the vast majority of recruiters are what they call contingency recruiters. Contingency recruiters means a, a, a firm, let's say Barclays or Deutsche Bank or Citigroup or JP Morgan or Morgan Stanley would come to someone like myself or other recruiters and say, hey, we have this opening, here's what they're looking for, can you help us? And, you, and usually companies, usually people already have contracts with these companies. So they come to you every once in a while, they'll come and say, hey, we'd like to bring you on as a vendor. And it's a contingency basis, which means that you will look, let's say they give it to me, I'll work on the search, my firm will work on the search, and if we place the person and the person stays there for a certain period of time, we'll get paid that placement fee. Here's the catch. They'll give it to us, but then they'll give it to 10 other search firms. They'll post it themselves online, the job itself online. They'll put it on LinkedIn and all sorts of other job boards. Their internal talent acquisition folks will recruit too. So now what ends up happening, you have all these recruiters fighting amongst each other, fighting against the company to find the right person. So it's a really, it's, 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 a, it's a really dirty, disgusting business if you think about it. Well, I say disgusting, not bad, but it's like a dog-eat-dog -dog kind of environment. It's you win or you lose. Either you find the winning candidate, place them and get paid, or you end up putting all that time and energy for nothing. Now I'll come back to why that actually could work to your benefit. The third is loosely staffing, and staffing are more temp roles, contract roles, consulting roles. Uh, so it's kind of a different market that they serve. But let, let's focus for now on the contingency, because that's kind of the meat and potatoes of most of the people who are probably watching this. The way you find recruiters, a couple things. One, obviously, you could look at recruiter, go to our director and find them, make it super easy. You could go on LinkedIn, you could do Google searches. You could ask people, and that's a big thing. You want to say, hey, who, if there's someone who recently got a job, you may want to ask them, how'd you find it? Who, who, did you, who did you use? And you hear that. You want to look online on the different job boards, aggregation sites, to see if they post their jobs and does it fit with what you're looking for. You can go to their website and see who they are, what they do, do they represent the kind of work you do. The reason I'm saying that is because if a recruiter doesn't 
know your job, your niche, they don't have the connections, could they help? Yeah, but it probably won't be that great. You have a better shot if you work in, uh, let's take, let's say you work in the fashion industry to find a recruiter who specializes in fashion. Let's say you live in LA um, or New York, that there's a recruiter in New York or LA, depending, LA, depending on where you, you, you live, that they focus on fashion. They focus on the type of fashion houses you'd want to work with. You know, maybe you want to work at a company that's very upscale. And I'll give you names, but I am not a fashionista, so I would embarrass myself by throwing out names, so I'll just kind of conveniently ignore it. So if you want to work for a high end, then you want to see, does your recruiter work for those or do they work for kind of lower end? It doesn't make one better or worse. It's just you want to find that fit that they do it. So you want to do some homework. You want to kind of maybe Google search, go to a kind of directory like we have on recruiter. You want to ask people who you used. You want to then go to the website and see, hey, did they have the kind of jobs that would make sense for me and at the level that I work at? You'll also really want to consult with people who you know, who use them, who know of them. You want to see if they themselves post jobs and what quality, the type of qualities those jobs are, so you get a good feel. If you do see a recruiter who fits that criteria, send, send him or her a message. And have a, have a, if this was in the past, I'd say go and meet them in person, but now probably have a phone call or, or a Zoom call where you get a sense. Now they could be a great recruiter, but you just don't have a rapport. Or they could be someone you have a rapport with. And you don't have to have just one recruiter. You could kind of have a couple. I wouldn't get too many because it gets messy. So now what happens if you have a recruiter looking for you, it frees you up a lot. Now it doesn't mean that you don't do all the search yourself. This is an enhancement. Now recruiters generally, standard procedure, do not charge you for it. I've seen recently some that are, I'm not saying they're bad or doing anything wrong, but I'd be leery of that because traditionally, Recruiting firms are paid by the company. So they'll say, Jack, if you place this person, we have a contract in place and here's the fee we would pay. The candidate does not have to pay anything. So be careful of that. Because the recruiter gets paid only if they make the placement, think about this a second. Because the recruiter only gets paid to make a placement, if you have the right skills and the right background experience, they are going to work their butts off to get you the job. Because if they don't get you the job, they don't get paid. They're putting all that time and effort. It's a game. You gotta be the first one to the finish line before your competitors find someone. So they're gonna try, if you have the background, the right background, the right experience, you're gonna see they're gonna be smooth talking to you, they're gonna love you, they're gonna say you're awesome, you're terrific, they're gonna do everything in their power because they realize, hey, if I place you, I'm gonna make it for you, you're gonna get a job, we all win, that's great. And if someone else gets someone first, not so great. But you have to be prepared for this too. What happens if you don't happen to have the right skills at the right time, recruiters, and this is not right, but I'm just, as you could tell by now, if you've been watching a lot of these videos, I'm gonna give you the real unvarnished stuff, good, bad, and ugly. So a lot of times recruiters, if you don't have the right background, right stuff, they're not gonna spend a lot of time with you. Now, it sounds cold and harsh, but think about it. It's not that they're jerks, it's that they realize if I spend a lot of time with somebody about their job, their career, I don't have the ability to then take your resume, send it to a whole bunch of places and make a placement. I'm working on these assignments they gave me and I need to find the people who are a great fit. 
So if I'm taking the time speaking to you multiplied by 20 other people, 30 a day, I'll never get any placements because I'm just speaking to people who I know I can't place. They'll think I'm a nice guy for taking the time, but not a very good business person because I'm not making placements as I'm, I'm, I'm not focused on the right person. So if you feel you get the blow off or the brush off, it's not that they're a jerk, it's just that they're making a calculated decision. Now hopefully the recruiter will be honest with you and say, hey job seeker, I don't happen to have jobs that are right for you right now, but I do specialize in your field and I'll keep my eyes open and let's stay in touch. We'll link in together, we'll stay in touch, but for now I can't. Unfortunately, in this culture that we have, that we've lost a lot of civility and it's kind of impersonal and ghosting is okay, sometimes they just won't get back. Don't take that to heart. Don't label the whole group of people as, as bad. It's just, should they kind of give you some feedback and, and, and try spend a little time with you? Sure, and the better ones do. The better ones because they realize, hey, I might not be able to place you now because I don't have the job now, but I feel confident I could have another job in the future to place you. So we build up that rapport. So if one or two are give, give you that quick brush off, then all right, okay. You know, I get it. You can even bring up to them, so I guess you don't have the jobs now, but just so I don't take up your time and you take up my time, should I in the future keep track or you really don't specialize in my area or you think I'm not the right fit for your job? Nothing wrong with being straight up with that and see what they say. They may say, yeah, you know what? Even though I know I do your sector, I really don't do your particular thing, but uh, uh, if I find a recruiter does, I'll put them in your, your, you know, in, in, in your way. Or, no, you do, you're perfect, you do fit, but I just don't have anything now, so I'm sorry, I just can't manufacture a job, but let's stay in touch, because I think you have a great background. So it becomes a numbers game. It'll take some time to find that right recruiter. And here's, here's, here's the benefits. What happens with these recruiters is, uh, oftentimes the better recruiters specialize in one or two or three sectors, so they know it really well. They know the players, they know the people, they know the hiring managers, they know the HR folks, they know the culture, they know how the whole interview process goes. Then when it comes also to negotiating salaries, they're a huge help. Because when you negotiate your salary, it's like the adage about if you're a lawyer, you don't want to represent yourself. Because there's just too much emotion involved, too much baggage. So that if you, and I've seen this so many times, or heard rather, so many times when people would tell me about what transpired when they were negotiating salaries, I'm like, oh, Because it's awkward. Do you feel maybe you're worth X, Let's say you feel I should get a hundred and they give you a, a, a 90 and you're like, how dare they? Where I'm thinking, no, wait, they're negotiating. You say a hundred in their mind, when they, when, when you're saying a hundred, they're anticipating you really mean 95 and they're saying 90 so you can come up to 95 and meet. But the job seekers unaware of that, it's just going to be offended. I asked for a hundred, why are you not paying me a hundred? And it just blows up. A recruiter, what happens, they kind of know the game. They know how it's played. They'll know the company, they could say to you, hey, candidate, here's what they do. They're not gonna lowball, but they're not gonna give you the best offer first. So when you get that first offer, that doesn't mean is the offer we can negotiate. Sometimes companies will say, and I've had them all the time say, hey, we don't negotiate, this is what it is, we feel a person's worth X and it's X. And then at least this way you can communicate it to the job seeker and say, hey, it's X. So there's not a haggling kind of going on because the haggling is uncomfortable, it's awkward. Now think about when you buy a car and you're haggling with the, you know, with the salesperson and the salesperson says, 
oh, let me check my manager and comes back and put back and forth. And then maybe they'll give you a little bit off, but then they try to up you, sell you on some other things. And you're like, this is just, oh, this is painful. Can't, can't we just come to agreement? So if you have somebody who knows the company, knows the culture, knows the hiring manager, knows the HR person, knows how to deftly navigate the whole interview cycle. And that's important too, because as you're going through the interview, they could keep you posted. Oh, you did really well meeting with Jane. That's fantastic. Hey, when you met with Bob, uh, here's what you said, but maybe we gotta do something different next time. And you're gonna meet with Susan next, and this is what she's gonna probably ask you. So this way you're kind of prepared. Then also when you have these code silences, you have someone to turn to and let them do it. Instead of you awkwardly, I don't know, do I, do I send an email to them? Do I call? Do I text them? Am I going to be too pushy, not pushy? So that's what they represent. So having that recruiter, is it, is it the absolute solution? No. But whenever, when you're going for a job search, you want to use everything to your advantage. You want to, every tool possible that can help you. You want to have that. You want to have a strong resume. You want to have a strong LinkedIn presence. You want to get on all these different meetup type of calls. You want to get several recruiters on your side who could help you with the search and negotiate for you and really go to bat. So this way you feel you're covering all the bases. If you have a recruiter who's keeping an eye on finding jobs and has the insight, it frees you up to keep doing your search. It doesn't mean you lay off off the gas. You can keep looking and keep trying. And I would keep them in touch with it too so you don't cross paths. So let's say you have two or three different recruiters working for you and you're working yourself, you're maximizing your time, especially since you don't have to pay for their services because you know they're getting paid for the company and they know they'll get paid if they place you. So we're all on the, they're all on the same page. We all understand each other's motivations. They're motivated to find the right job for you so they can place you and make a placement and make money, make a commission. You get a job and you're happy and it works. So you have a couple of looking, then you can keep looking yourself. The biggest thing, as I mentioned, for recruiters is that if they don't specialize in what you do, it can be frustrating because you're expecting they're going to find you a job and help you, but that's not their thing. They could only work on the jobs they get from the company. And if they happen to have the right job when you're looking, that's great. If not, it's awkward. And unfortunately, as I mentioned, today's society, we're just a little bit more colder. You know, we don't have as many conversations. We hide behind technology. So you can have that awkwardness, but by knowing how it works, it helps you. Because then you can even talk to them. You can just be straight up, hey, listen, I know you get a commission pay, but what do you think? Do you think you can find a job? Am I the right person? Are you really going to, can you go to bat for me? Do you think it could happen? Do you think you have your clients that would have the right jobs for me? So it makes a more honest conversation between you and the recruiter, and then you can judge. Hey, I think this recruiter could really help. Maybe there might be another recruiter. Yeah, not so much. And then a third, wow, they could really help too and then I'm doing it myself. They could also give you some insight for what's going on in the industry, hiring trends, what's happening, what's not happening, what's working, what's not working. So it, it helps out on all those fronts. But the biggest knock I hear from people about their recruiters is that there's a disconnect. And unfortunately, the recruiting industry isn't as clear as it could be to explain what they can and can't do. So many people feel, I believe, is that, hey, if I'm dealing with a recruiter, their job is to get me a job. Some do it that way, but the vast majority of recruiters don't. They only work on what they have. And then the second part of it is, rather than communicating that to job seekers, they just don't for some reason. So the job seekers look like, what's up? I don't get this. This is weird. You know, I'm getting the blow off. I'm getting ghosted. 
knowing that then, when you speak to recruiters, now you can kind of say, hey, I get your motivation. I get the financial incentives when you work. I, I also understand that if I don't have that perfect background for the type of jobs you get, there's only so much you could do. But if something does come in that fits with your background, you know, they'll help and, and or if you, you know, then, then it can work. So I hope this helps out giving kind of the feel for it because there are so much misconceptions about it. There's so much um, unknown and sometimes there's a, there's a bit of leeriness, like what's, like what's in it for the recruiter so you're a little cautious, but now you know, it's really, in fact, it's the simplest thing ever because it really does boil down to a recruiter is given this assignment, generally speaking, as I mentioned, you have retained searches, contingency, uh, staffing, but the contingency, which is really the lion's share for most of under C-suite, is that it's eat what you kill kind of thing. So if you get a placement, you get paid. If you don't, you don't make any money. So they're very motivated to find the right person for the job and work their butts off to place them because that's how they're gonna make a living. And by finding the right one and you have the right experience when they have the right job and it comes together, then that's perfect. If the timing, like a lot in life, if you're not with the right recruiter or at the right time who doesn't have the right job, then it could be left with, oh, this recruiter's a jerk. But now you know it's not a jerk. They don't have the job for you at this particular time. But the way it works, it could come tomorrow, next week, next month. So I hope that gives a little color on an area that is a little misunderstood. There's some preconceived notions about it. There's some ill will and bad feelings at times. But at least now that you understand, because I think the key concept is once you understand the incentives behind what they do, then it could forge a much more productive relationship because you get what's going to motivate them and why they're going to work hard and then why you may not get a phone call. So you're like, okay, if I'm not getting a call, that means they don't have anything because if they had anything, they're going to, play, they're going to call me because they want to get paid. And if they don't get paid, they're not going to make any money. They can't pay their mortgage. So now I get it. Okay. And if I don't hear from this recruiter for a long time, I can say, hey, I guess you're not having these jobs. That's cool. We'll stay in touch. But, you know, I'm going to kind of try some other recruiters too to make sure that I have someone kind of, you know, who does have that particular job at this particular time. And I think in this market, it's both recruiters probably have less jobs because let's, let's face facts, with less roles opened, plus companies tightening their belts, having higher freezes, they're gonna use recruiters sparingly because it's an expense. So they may not have as much. Sometimes though, this is what's why this, this area is so interesting. So that's one thing. But then on the other side, sometimes what happens is this. When it's a hard to fill job and the company's trying their own and they can't, they're gonna reach out to recruiters because they tried and they're coming up empty. So that's a really hard job to fill and they need that recruiter help and they're gonna really wanna find that right candidate and they could be, that could be a great fit. So, this, so I, I hope this gives some color for people who aren't really you know, familiar how this all works that the light bulb goes on and say, I get it, I get it. The bottom line is, as a job seeker, if I have the right experience at the right time and I do my homework and I find recruiters in my space who become highly recommended, who I see the jobs are fit, you know, get in touch with them. And if they happen, and then hopefully they have the right job or jobs for me at this point in time that I'm looking, then it could be a great match. And if not, probably might not happen for a while. So I'll have a couple of others and it's a numbers game that maybe one of them will have the right job at the right time and it's going to work out. So hope this, I hope this answers some questions that you had about it or, or clears up 
some misconceptions or misunderstanding how it works. So you could kind of use this as another tool in your toolkit, you know, to find uh, the next job. So thanks for watching. Hope this helps.